You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another Sprott Money News Weekly Wrap-Up. It is Friday, March the 24th. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us again this Friday is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Lots of weird things going on in the world of finance, so a lot to cover today. No doubt about that. And before we get started, just the uh, at, the, the reminder we give you every week that these weekly wrap-ups are brought to you by the Sprott Money Precious Metal Storage Program. We have five international storage vaults and the most competitive prices in the industry. So please visit our international storage page at SprottMoney.com to learn more. Eric, it seems like this week everybody is focused on Washington and the events uh, involving politics and the votes that are going on and the viability of Trump going forward. I would imagine you've got some thoughts on this, so let us hear them. Sure. Well, you know, my biggest thing that people should be focused on is this whole discussion of wiretapping, okay? Because it's it's like a ping-pong game. It goes from one side to the other side. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, you did. And it would appear, it would appear that, yes, there has been significant wiretapping uh, and ongoing wiretapping of the U.S. president, um, I'm sure with uh, former President Obama involved, and, you know, I would imagine that people should think that tapping the president's phone might be considered a little treasonous. I mean, it just is not something that should he should have to suffer under, particularly for using the data gathered to work against him. And, of course, the reason that Trump made the statement in the first place was every time he had a conversation with some foreign dignitary, the news was out three minutes later what was on, what the phone call was about. So he had a pretty good sense that somebody was listening somewhere. And, I, I, you know, that is a very disturbing uh, situation for a population to have to deal with, that everybody's phone is tapped and there's this group that is singularly out there trying to get the goods on everybody. That's not a very healthy environment to be in. So I find that very distressing uh, notwithstanding all the other economic stuff, but that is distressing. And then you come along with the uh, with the whole notion of Trump trying to pass his legislation, and uh, you know I can honestly see why certain members of the Freedom Caucus might uh, want to vote against the whatever they call the new health care bill, uh, because there's not much change from Obamacare, and 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 then they haven't really dealt with the primary issue in health care is the increasing cost of health care. So you were in a bit of a, uh, a zone of, uh, of nothing happening here. And if this means that in turn the, uh, the tax bill and the spending bills and all those other bills, the budget, uh, start getting, you know, tossed around in Congress, then, you know, the whole rally that we've had in the stock market uh, based on uh, Trump's mandate uh, will start to unravel here. And I might also add that there's a lot of uh, discussion about the breakdown and the technicals and the non-correlation of, of information with stocks. And you know, how do you explain what's going on in the stock market these days? It's very difficult to explain. So uh, we always have to be very aware that something could break here all of a sudden. And, the, you know, we had our one day uh, where it fell over 1%. Uh, which was a, a new thing it hadn't happened in 110 days, I think the number was. 
So we got to be concerned about the stock market as well as that. So yeah, politics um, is rearing its ugly head here, and I think there's going to be a price to pay, in, certainly in the stock market. And for anyone out there thinking, well, this is just all business as usual in politics, uh, the relevance to all of this is that that was the reason why gold and silver were going to go down in 2017 was because Trump was going to spark inflation and interest rates were going higher and all this infrastructure spending and tax cuts, and it appears now all to be in jeopardy. Totally. And, of course, the worst thing is it's just the whole scumminess of it all, right? I mean, what, who, who do we have running our country here? What kind of people do we have running our country that uh, they spend their days, you know, uh, li- over listening to other people's phone calls? We already know that Obama or the NSA tapped Merkel's phone. It's just something that, that is done all the time. And it's, it's very, very depressing to, to think about that. And, and now we have the whole political fiasco going on. And I, it's just not going to be easy here in this we're maybe setting up for something serious to happen in the whole valuation stock. And another item that we, we have to get to, and we should do it now, is this whole softening of the economy and the softening of results from some key companies. I mean, I look at FedEx, who came out in their fourth quarter, and uh, they were lower than expectations. And in the comment, the, the CEO made, well, we put all this capacity in, but it wasn't used and okay, okay, well, what were you thinking? Were you thinking the economy was going to be really strong in the fourth quarter and it didn't happen? And I think of FedEx as the internet, I mean, because of Amazon or FedEx as Amazon. And all of a sudden, his business wasn't as strong as he thought it was. And then out comes Ford and says, oh, well, we're not selling as many cars and trucks as we thought, and the margins are lower. So, uh, and then the whole ret- retail apocalypse with you know, they, they worry that Sears is going to declare bankruptcy and that the, that the, um, the REITs that own these uh, malls are going to suffer. I mean, there's so much evidence out there that there is a massive economic problem. And, of course, fundamentally, I think it was best uh, described as, well, you know what? The cons- poor consumer doesn't have any bleep money. And that's exactly what it is. They don't have any money. They get a de minimis wage increase, and inflation is way beyond the wage increase. And there's no, you can only take that so long. You've got to start hacking at things. And I think we're sort of seeing that in the economic data now. That it's just it's 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 getting worse by the day. We just had the, you know the Atlanta Fed went to 0.9. I see that uh, uh, durable goods for uh, I guess it was February uh, were down. Well, you know, maybe they'll go to point eight then. I mean, it's just everything gets worse economically, it would seem to me. And and no one's going to tell you that the economy's in bad shape, but it sure looks like the data says it's in very difficult shape here. Well, and some confirmation of that is being seen in uh, the interest rate environment where rates across the board are falling. Uh, the Fed is increasing yeah. the very short-term rates, but long rates from 2 to 30 are falling and the dollar's now down 4% year-to-date, Eric. Now, in the face of that, there was an article making the rounds about last week at this time from uh, the Sovereign Man website that was claiming that physical gold demand was declining. Uh, I would imagine you've got some comments on that. <laughs> well, there's no doubt that the mint sales have been a little soft, although they recovered, they've recovered so far this week. But the mint sales are such a de minimis, de minimis effect on the world gold 
trade that it's it's not a, a meaningful discussion. The, the meaningful thing is what do what do India and China do? And we just saw the Indian number for February was up three hundred percent year over year. India is back to importing about a hundred tons a month, which is an incredible number. I mean, they're only. I think last year they 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 uh, the gold consumption was six hundred and fifty tons. Well, you can't be consuming a hundred tons a month and stay at six fifty. Uh, the Chinese demand has been very strong, as uh, represented by withdrawals from the Shanghai Gold Exchange, and just the the general interest that we see in China in gold. Uh, we see uh, good ETF purchases again here in the uh, the gold ETFs, particularly out of Europe, which is, I think is more meaningful than the U.S. But I would imagine a lot of people must be getting a little nervous about. What's going on here? You mentioned the dollar weakening. Well, I think the dollar's weakening because everyone realizes that this U.S. economy is not nearly as strong as if people thought it was. When the rate increase came out, um, you know, immediately everyone realized, oh my God, this is a dove- this is a dovish comment. It wasn't it wasn't hawkish at all. And so I think that as the data comes out and sort of suggests that, or well, maybe even the next rate increases would be, to- as this last one, I think, was totally inappropriate. But I think future ones will even seem dumber and dumber. So, you know, do we really think there should be a, a June rate increase with the way things are going? Uh, so I don't I don't think that's going to happen here. I think the economy is just going to continue to get weak. Some of the data has been very misleading this, this winter because February was such a benign month weather-wise. So, for example, we had new home sales in uh in February, we we're up whatever seven percent or something. Well, yeah, but excuse me, everyone can get out and go look at houses in February this year, whereas they couldn't in previous years because we actually had a winter. And of course, they don't really—you can't properly seasonally adjust for that stuff. But ultimately, it's going to come out that uh, some some of the data, which is seasonally adjusted, did not have the right adjustments considering how benign the weather was. And think of even the retail environment; it was a good environment for retail. I mean, people could get to the shopping malls and, you know, the spending should have been quite strong, but it wasn't. So we have economic problems out there. It's going to reflect into the weakening dollar, the weakening stock market, the uh, increased interest in uh, gold and silver, the realization that the whole thing was a Ponzi scheme. The whole $10 trillion that the central banks put into their various economies had no effect. And the ultimate result is you're going to have, we're going to go into a recession here. So none of it worked, and, and nor, nor should anyone have expected any of it to work anyway, because you can't print your way into, into economic growth. That's for sure. Eric, in our time remaining, I just want to ask you about the uh, situation in the commitment of traders and on the COMEX. Yeah, the, the, the overall yeah. structure of the commitment of traders in gold still looks pretty good, at least as of last Friday's report, though silver has been extended now for quite an extended period of time yeah. however this week with a clear attempt being made to keep gold below its critical 200 day moving average just in the last three days eric we've seen the banks add about 85 metric tons of paper gold to the market to sell to the hungry speculators that are looking for gold exposure all of that kind of makes it a zero-sum game, and it's kept price uh, basically in that same area, around mm-hmm. 1250 Is this just the same old uh, buildup of a wash-and-rinse cycle, or do you think the commercials are putting themselves in danger this time? Uh, that's always a $64 million question. Yes, it um, is. Because the data, the data from last Friday's cotton report, for gold in particular, was just awesomely bullish, okay? 
it, it would, you know, the, the commercials totally reversed their position. And I found it interesting. They reversed their position. They really picked up only about 50 bucks, right? Now, maybe, you know, when it's hard to make money, 50 bucks is not that bad a deal. But we've seen a lot worse before in the rinse cycle, okay? Then here we are with, you know, obviously the demand for gold coming back up. Uh, they massively reduced their short positions. And, of course, the guess is that they have now increased their short positions again. And, as you say, maybe setting up for another rinse. But, um the wish we always have is that they just get overrun here, whether it's Indian physical demand or Chinese physical demand or the ETF physical demand finally just drives a wedge right through them and they, they have to scurry to cover their shorts. Uh, but I think the, the underlying uh, momentum in gold and silver is incredibly positive. Uh, yeah, they can uh, put on a fight. Uh, let's, let's hope that uh, the speculators actually win this one and or the, the legitimate investors. So we'll see how it goes. But as of Friday, I mean, the data was incredibly positive. But as you pointed out, I mean, this, the open interest has just exploded this week. And one has to assume it's shorts. We'll get, of course, the COT report uh, coming out here um, later on today. But that will only reflect back to last Tuesday. But uh, it, one would have to assume that they've taken on a big short position. All uh, we can hope, Craig, is that they get hammered. So we'll have to stand by on that one. Yeah, and, and, and in fairness, I should point out, even with the addition of all this uh, new open interest this week, we're still a good almost 200,000 contracts below where we were but last July at an all-time high. So if that 200,000 contracts of speculative buying interest comes in, forcing 200,000 new shorts from the banks, I mean, price is going to go up. It's going to get through that 200 days. So uh, we have, still have to keep some perspective, I suppose. Well, I think all the... All the data and all the things we have to read about are all precious metal positive. So I think you're going to see continuing uh, buying demand in, in both uh, silver and gold. Well, all right, my friend. Thank you so much for your uh, perspective again this week. And we'll just see where we go from here, for crying out loud. Uh, but for now, uh, I will give you the rest of the week off. And uh, we'll talk to you again next Friday. <laughs> okay, Craig. All the best. Thank you. And from all of us here at Sprout Money News, thanks for listening and have a great weekend. 